When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Hey everybody, welcome to a Silver Screen and Roll post-game show. I'm Christian Rivas, run by Anthony Irwin. I don't even know where to start with this game. Uh, I guess the final score is always a good place to start when it comes to recapping any game. The Lakers lost 111-97, to and even though that score is lopsided, uh, it, it doesn't even begin to explain how <laughs> exactly how lopsided the game was. Lakers never led. The game was never tied, and the Jazz led by 25 points at one point. Um, other than that, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> and this other is than a, the iceberg, it was a great <laughs> trip, maiden voyage for the for the Titanic. It was great, and this like you could have probably guessed that this is how the night was going to go for the Lakers. The Jazz are the number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, they were missing Donovan Mitchell, but. With the style that Quinn Snyder has them playing this year and the in the groove they found this year, I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is going to be the difference uh, between them winning a game and not winning a game against the Lakers team that doesn't have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, it could be just LeBron James sooner rather than later. We'll find out when the Lakers play the Mavericks on Thursday. But for now, the Lakers are pretty banged up. Uh, but the, the even the guys they had didn't really show up i thought yeah it was it felt like fools gold early in the game because they were hitting threes um they they shot like 9 for 18 uh from the three point line in the first half and still only managed 42 points in that first half which like when you think about it is actually kind of insane. <laughs> uh, so, so once, once it went that way, it, cause you knew they were going to come back down to earth at some point shooting the three pointers. So, you know, when they, when they weren't able to really be competitive, despite shooting the way that they were shooting, you kind of knew, all right, yeah, this is, this is probably not going to end well. My thing was Christian, I'm going to need help here. Why are we convinced Andre Drummond is good? Well, okay. Because like he's his, his <laughs> best games so far have taken place against the Brooklyn Nets, yeah. who um do not really employ an NBA center. And then the first game against the Utah Jazz, who you know, without Rudy Gobert, and then in this one was embarrassed, I thought, um, up and down the court by everybody else that was on, on the court with him. So I'm I'm just like I'm watching it and I'm, I'm trying to keep an open mind. I know that I've kind of like staked out my claim on uh, I'm not positive. Andre Drummond is good Island, which is a really sad Island to be on. Like it's the opposite of sandals. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm watching this and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why people think this guy is good as an NBA player. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I can say I'm fully <laughs> with you because being non-committal is, is probably the easiest route to go here. Um, but it is certainly, it's weird because the game against the Nets and the game against the Jazz, it seems like everybody uh, was quick to jump onto the, where are all these Andre Drummond doubters now? You guys are <laughs> awful quiet tonight. And it's like, it, it, 
Andre Drummond was going up against Lamarcus Aldridge, right? And Ursan the Ilya game before Sova. the game before he retired. I, I don't get it. Uh, the, I think the idea is in in the sliver of optimism I have when it comes to Andre Drummond is when LeBron James and Anthony Davis return, his usage usage percentage isn't going to be as high as it is right now. Granted, it's not nearly as high as it's been anywhere in his career. Um, He's not going to be the first or second option on offense when Anthony Davis and LeBron James return. I hope he's not even, you know, the fourth. That's, that's where my optimism lies, but I am generally in the, uh, you know, what does this guy do camp? It is, it is the reason why, you know, people, I, I don't want to say clowned on me for it because I haven't gotten nearly Dude, the I amount of so hate much I shit for it. I get, I get I like constantly, get, <laughs> but you know, my Gorgie Zhang, I I'd rather have Gorgie Zhang over Andre Drummond take. Um, it's probably, I'd rather have Damian Jones. The, there are. Yeah. The, the bottom line is there was a specific type of player that the Lakers were looking for. And honestly, if you're going to make an argument for need, that's fine. I don't think they needed it, but uh, it, it watching this team this season, the one thing that stood out to me is, okay, well, the sets on offense that the Lakers are running for JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, having that lob threat, literally the first plays of every game, Yes, it feels yeah. like last season, mm-hmm. was that uh, alley-oop to JaVale. Like, that would be nice to have again, especially with Anthony Davis out. And AD might be that guy when uh you know he returns den Schroeder and him famously did not connect on on any <laughs> lobs before yeah. he got hurt but um to go from that to go for a from a guy like damian jones who's going to be low usage come in and do the dirty work uh doesn't which, have to play any number of minutes right you don't promise him a starting job he he plays minutes sparsely behind uh marcus all and montrez harrell then you have a guy like andre drummond who by the looks of it lakers promised him a starting job to get him to la keep him away from the knicks hornets whatever uh and you know just isn't really good at, at anything <laughs> except rebounding which yeah. You know, we had uh, Chris Herring of Sports Illustrated come on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network to talk a little bit about why rebounding isn't nearly as valuable as it used to be. And, you know, I think going up against an actual two-time defensive player of the year center in Rudy Gobert um, just showed how average and, you know, arguably below average Andre Drummond is uh, at, at this stage of his career. Yeah, I mean, like, I was watching him, and in the pick and roll, like, he doesn't get very low, so it's kind of difficult for him to stay in front of guards. And then once the guards get by him, he just kind of follows them and then swings wildly. Mm-hmm. It was like, you watch you watch Gobert, and when he goes into a pick and roll, he knows exactly what he's going to be trying to give up. And, and... Uh, after he, after the guard takes whatever it is that he kind of gives up, he knows how to adjust and he knows which angles to take to the basket. He knows how to stay long and, and fully extended and not wave at the ball and all of these things. And I was watching that and I'm like, man, like, I, I think the Lakers got kind of bamboozled on the talent. Cause you look at Drummond and you're like, yeah, that guy should go, should be good at basketball. That guy that's, that's honestly, 95% of my mentions are people telling me like, yeah, that guy should be good 
at basketball. Look at him. He's seven feet tall. He has decent feet. He can move laterally for whatever reason. He forgot how to jump, which is kind of weird, but we're not going to look at that. And, and, and he should be good at basketball. And I'm just like, I agree to a certain extent he should be, but he just, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know. There's a difference between talent and impact. And I just don't know that he is a very impactful NBA player. And, and given what the Lakers seemingly promised him, I just don't, I just don't think he's worth those promises. I, I, I think the Lakers might be better without him. And, and you know, it's not even just impact. Like uh, that, that is a very surface level argument. And I think it holds up, but in the context of this team, it's impact compared to other options on the team. Yeah. And yes, yeah. when, when the Lakers were at full strength, Marcus all at that center position. I know a lot of people had problems with the way he moved compared to JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, but Marcus all is a good basketball player. I don't think, you know, save for the nagging injuries he has. I don't think Marcus all should be a DNP CD player. No. And it's not a case of this team is so deep that Marcus all isn't playing. And, and against, and against Utah right. too, where like you, he's a, he's a floor spacer. He pulls Rudy Gobert away from the rim. He does. He's a great passer and the Lakers are lacking in, in passing ability on their current roster. It just, I, I have, I'm going to have scars on my head for scratching my head as much as I have been since they picked up Andre Drummond. And I get that you have to, you, you, you feel the need to acclimate him and, and figure out, you know, allow him the space to figure these things out and give him the room to fail if that's what it takes. But I'm, I'm sitting here watching this. I'm like, I don't think it's worth it. I don't, I don't think it's worth it to get this. Andre Drummond fully acclimated is going to do what? He's not good at finishing. Yeah. Like, what, what does that even look like? Yeah. And again, all the points you're making, I think it would be really hard to argue at this point. Uh, but I think that, you know, the sentence of at this point is, is the reason why I'm not fully ready to go. Andre Drummond isn't impact, impactful at all. And Andre Drummond won't be impactful at all because look, LeBron James and Anthony Davis return that changes Andre Drummond's role ideally. And it, even if it doesn't, I don't know that Andre Drummond will be a big enough factor in the postseason for it to even matter. Like I've said this all season. This was true before Andre Drummond was signed and, and Marcus all was starting. Even with all the changes the Lakers made this off season, I think your closing lineup and the guys that get minutes in the postseason looks very, very similar to, to what Lakers had in the postseason last season. Obviously, there are a few exceptions. Like, you know, obviously, we don't have the luxury of having rolling out playoff Rondo. That's not going to happen mm -hmm. this year. We're going to have to settle for Dennis Schroeder for us. Um, the closing lineup, though, and, and the, the best lineups that they have, the teams are the, the lineups they're going to destroy teams with. I think some of those lineups will probably include Marcus All, but generally speaking, it's going to include. Anthony Davis at center and whoever's playing better between Marquise Morris and Kyle Kuzma at the four LeBron at the three and you know, whoever you choose at the one and two, that's the reason I'm not super, super worried. Um, and also I, as, as much as it's frustrated me to see Andre Drummond play the amount of minutes he has because he seemed to have gotten a promise from the Lakers 
after last season, I just feel like Frank Vogel is just going to do what it, what it takes to win in the postseason. Like uh, he's yeah. earned that confidence for me. And I hope uh, that, you know, confidence and, you know, call it optimism isn't, isn't misplaced when the playoffs start next month, by the way. <laughs> that is crazy to think about. It's crazy that we're here. Like, the, you know, we're, we're alive. We're, yes, we're, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, let's pay some bills. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean to but <laughs> make the dark twist, but listen, no. man, <laughs> I get I get my second dose tomorrow. I oh, went man, a so whole dope. year. Yeah, without getting uh, without getting covid. The fans yeah. are, are back in the stadiums. And, you know, if you're going to if you're going to look at bright sides if you want to end this podcast on a high note you and i are here which to some people might not be bright sides now that <laughs> i think about say, it my mention that's not a high note <laughs> and the other bright side is if, if you want to look at a basketball standpoint taylor horton tucker yes a spark yeah, we plug off of the him. bench yeah we should we should talk about him because he looked good he yeah he was great um 24 points off of the bench on 8 of 13 shooting from the field Three of five shooting from three. A lot um, of them off the dribble from three. He's good, man. <laughs> like the, the other day against the Celtics, I remember, I, I think I was watching the game with Sarah. I want to say I don't remember who I was watching the game with because that just makes me look like a bad boyfriend. But I don't know if it was with Sarah <laughs> or a male, not another female, a male. Um, and... I just remember like looking over, I'm like, are you seeing this? This kid is is dynamite off of the like he is scoring with such ease and he's only 20 years old. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched him in this one and and he hit a couple of shots. Look, I've been watching basketball now for at least seven years professionally, and and uh I've been watching basketball, playing basketball for oh, man, probably about 30 years. Um, longer than I've been alive by <laughs> a considerable amount. <laughs> I, I've been doing this for, for, you know, watching basketball and I've really deeply cared about basketball for, you know, three decades, I'll say. And it's really rare that I will watch something on a basketball court that make me go, whoa, what, like, where did that, like, you know, really catches me by surprise. Uh, lately it's been because Andre Drummond sucks so much, but like, but I watch, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker and he will make these plays, uh, whether it's a step back three or a wraparound skip pass or, um, a finish at the rim or something like that. The ability to get to the rim in the first place, which apparently I was looking at, um, statistically, he's one of the best players in the league at getting to the rim, I believe which it. Yeah, which which is wild. And so he made a few plays tonight or last night by the time you guys are listening to this, where I was like, whoa, where did that <laughs> where did that come from? And uh, you know, I look, title favorites don't have young players like this usually. Title title favorites usually have, you know, maybe maybe a, a an up and coming role player type, you know, an Alex Caruso type or a Kyle Kuzma type they don't normally have guys who you look at and you say like that guy might be a future all-star. Yeah. Um, at 20, whatever years old, 20, 21 years old. 
And it makes this season uh, that much more fun. Given the slog that it's been, Taylor Horton Tucker has been this kind of diamond in the rough that we've been able to cling on to with our, with our diamond hands. Um, hashtag doge. And, and so <laughs> like, it's, it's been fun to watch him, to, to watch him grow and, and uh, to, to, to make the plays that he was making tonight. Those are grown man plays. It was great to watch. I told Sabrina on the, on the podcast we did Thursday last week was the first time I felt like a Celtics fan, just yelling, like he's only 20 years old. I can't believe he's only 20 years old. He's going to be 20 years old forever. Like he's Jason Tatum, but actually 20 years old. Like he yeah. is, he is actually very young and <laughs> right. uh, I'm, I'm happy he's on the team. Uh, before we head out of here, Anthony, do you have any parting thoughts about the Lakers remaining schedule and, and uh, Anthony Davis potentially returning on Thursday? How much, how big of a difference do you think he'll make before the postseason? Like, are you expecting him to, you know, jump back into the swing of things or are you expecting more of a slow burn? Um, he kind of has to ramp up quickly. Uh, you know, this is not the kind of thing in a normal season coming back, uh, at this point would give him enough time to kind of, uh, you know, ramp up and, and take his time out there and, and, and figure some of the stuff out. Uh, I, he just doesn't have that kind of time right now. So, and then also the thing is with the, the thing with Drummond and I don't want to keep dumping on the guy cause I do feel bad at some point. Um, but I, I haven't reached that point, but I, I, I will at some <laughs> point feel, <laughs> feel bad, but like I, the thing with Drummond is he's not athletic enough to where it's that natural fit that you had with Dwight Howard and with JaVale McGee, where they had vertical spacing that actually helped AD in, in some of those spots. So there's going to be some growing pains here with AD squared or A2D2. I like Which one do you like, A2D2 or uh, AD squared? I do like A2D2. It's pretty I good, hate, right? I hate giving you credit. If it's you, I'm I'm sorry. If somebody else came up for it, I feel a lot better. But ATD ATD two, I do like. All right, so but we we have to watch like A two D two actually figure some of the stuff out, and so uh, that is going to be, I think, the top thing. Because otherwise, if they can't figure things out relatively quickly, Marcus All becomes the you know flat out starter. Uh, he, Montres Harrell becomes a lot more important or AD just has to put extra mileage on his body as the, as the, as the center. So a two D two is going to have to figure some, some stuff out really, really quickly here. And, and, and uh, you know, that's, that's going to be the top thing that I think everybody, not just Lakers fans, by the way, but like everybody in the league will be paying attention to this. Yeah. I, I'm just happy to have him back. Honestly, uh, me too. him and him and LeBron, I don't he know said what to expect 30 games from them. Without Anthony Davis today. <sighs> yeah. 30 games. That's dude. a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> I mean, but hopefully they only need him uh for the 16. You hear you heard it here first. Lakers are going 16 and 0 in the postseason. Um that's where we'll end our show. Thank you for listening. Um, if you watch that game, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a recap on Silver Screen and Roll. If you did not want to watch it and you want to see a good um comparison to the game to a uh, movie that was nominated for an Oscar. That is all I'll say. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Anthony, for joining me and we'll, we'll catch you all next week.